Two hours away from the kickoff, BYU football. Play fake for Wilson, a deep drop. Goes for the back right pylon of the end zone. He's got a touchdown, and the Cougars open up on top. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Kingarf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Hey, it's me again. Tonight, the BYU Cougars wrap up the regular season with a battle against old conference foe, the San Diego State Aztecs. Thank you for tuning in to Cougar Pregame Live. My name is Jason Shepard. Joining me from San Diego County Credit Union Stadium, which, by the way, it's too long of a name, in San Diego, former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Hello, Riley. How are you tonight? Doing well, Jason. Glad to be with you. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a fun one. I can't believe we're already at this point of the season. It's the final regular season game. BYU at seven and four. They can earn their eighth regular season win with a victory. But it's going to take the offense coming up big against an eight and three off Aztec team, whose defense is one of the best in the country. Yeah, and. For this offense, you're right, they need to come up big, but they need to not press because San Diego State's offense, as great as their defense is, their offense is equally unimpressive. Now, yes. I think there's a new dynamic being thrown in. Their their quarterback, while Agnew uh, who, you know, is a senior and has started almost 20 games for him, has been kind of a stable force, he's out, and they'll have a quarterback taking his first his first snaps. So what that says to me is just be on the lookout. Maybe, they, maybe they'll change some things. Even though we find ourselves in the last week of the regular season, uh, there, we could see a new look San Diego State, but the offense just needs to do their job and play clean. And I, I think BYU is the better team in this matchup. But it's going to be a very hotly contested game, and I'm looking forward to it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Before the Cougars face the Aztec, let's get to the three things you need to know. Number one. BYU can wrap up the regular season on a six-game winning streak and with eight wins. Now, BYU, Riley, 24-8 and eight in the month of November as an independent BYU is 11-4 and four in November under Satake, and obviously the level of competition certainly helps with that, where BYU's schedule is, is so front-loaded. You're playing your quote-unquote lesser teams towards the end of the year, but what would eight wins in the regular season mean to this team, do you think, Riley? It would mean that they had proved a lot of their doubters, and not, I wouldn't even say doubters. A lot of people who just said they were realists coming into the season that thought eight wins was an absolute stretch. You know, they'd be, and, and not, look, you don't play the game to prove people wrong, but it is, I'm not going to lie, it's gratifying <laughs> when people you know, shoot, you set their expectations for you for what you think are low and you surpass them. So, it would mean that. It would mean the validation of a lot of hard work. It would also mean completing a tremendous turnaround. You mentioned the six wins from the point of being two and four at the midpoint of the season to finishing off with six straight wins, and then you're, you've built momentum going into the ball game and a chance at nine, which would match the high in the Kalani Satake area. Yeah, and we're going to get to in in just a second uh, what BYU has done after the two and four start. But let's get to number two. We talked about this just a second ago, Riley. San Diego State ranks eighth in total defense. They give up 277 yards per game. They give up 72 rushing yards per game. That's third best in the country. 205 passing yards per game. That's 41st. I mean, this defense 
I mean, it's not going to be as good as, I mean, ultimately, I think, as, as Utah in terms of formidable. But this is a team, or excuse me, a defense that has proven week in and week out that, that they come to play, and you better have your A game if you're going to have any chance to, to score on them. It reminds me, look, Rocky Long was doing this when he was at New Mexico before, and you look at his coaching tree, Bronco Mendenhall is one of those BYU fans, obviously very familiar, as he was uh, he spent you know 10-plus years here at BYU, and he was always known for his defenses. It reminds me of a Gary Patterson team. Now, nobody's playing defense in the Big 12 anymore, so he's had to drop down there at TCU, dropped a little bit of his defensive prowess, but you get these head coaches that they just have a system, and the system works, and you're right that the athletes that we'll see on the field here tonight at San Diego State will not be the same caliber of athletes that this BYU team saw the first week of the season against Utah, but the system is no less formidable. They play a really uh, a really technical style of defense, and then they have really good physical culture that uh, is able to build it up. Well, and you mentioned this also, not defensive-related, but San Diego State quarterback Ryan Agnew injured. Uh, and it sounds like in an emergency he might be able to go but the Aztecs are going to start freshman Carson Baker making his first collegiate start. If you're BYU's defense, what's the goal? At this point, like you said, they may try and mix things up offensively with a new quarterback, try some new things in the final regular season game. But if you're BYU's defense, what's the goal against a guy making his first collegiate start? Don't get caught off guard. Do what you do. Look, this this San Diego State offense as I watched them, they have a very big offensive line, but the offensive line, for as big as they are, are not super physical and they are not athletic. These guys, they're not great in pass coverage. They can do all right in the straight-ahead run game, but anytime you ask these guys to get out and pull or do any kind of, you know, even zone blocking, they're just good at man-to-man ISO schemes. So you, you have that uh, from an offensive line set, so which BYU can handle, right? BYU's big yeah. up front. They're physical up front. They can handle that. You go to the edges of this offense, and there is not a single guy on the San Diego State defense that, that really threatens you. And then their running backs, you know, they haven't – they've had Lindsey and Hillman and some guys have gone on to have you know productive careers in the NFL and really good backs here in the past. They do not have one of those this year. They have kind of a, a stable of guys that share the load that are all just kind of okay. And um, so you just don't let don't get caught off guard. Don't let this guy hurt you. Finally, number three, ah. BYU's offense has soared since starting the season two and four. And this is what you were alluding to a second ago. Okay, look, this is what BYU's numbers looked like after six games. So after the 2-4 and four start, 22 points per game, which was 104th in the country. After 11 games, that's now, it's gone from 22 points to game, per game to 30 points per game. They've jumped from 104th in the country all the way up to 61st. They were, they were scoring, or uh, yards per game was 376. That's now up to 440. That went from 89th all the way up to 38th. 200, or excuse me, 274 passing yards. The passing yards haven't changed a whole lot. 274 now, 281. But the rushing yards, 102 after six games. Now it's up to 160. This offense has significantly improved, and I think a lot has to do with the fact that you you have a, a, a new wrinkle to the offense. And there's, but at the end of the day, I think ultimately, Riley, it's just ultimately it's better execution. Yeah, and they've been one of the biggest things that this uh, BYU program and team, this current team and coaches included, that's why I said program, has, pro- has proven is that they are adaptable. Week to week, their changes, 
they make the necessary changes in order to be successful. One of the other interesting things that that's after losing Tyson Williams in Game Four, and yeah. then losing Zach Wilson in Game Five, and then losing Jaron Hall in Game Six, all who at the time of losing them were the best offensive weapon that BYU had at their disposal. So tremendous credit to this offensive unit. And by the way, that's not mentioning uh, other guys, like the four guys on the offensive line that have been lost, or the Sione Finau loss, or any of those guys. So tremendous credit to this offensive group for sticking together. Tremendous credit to the coaches for sticking, not not just saying, hey, this is who we are and this is what we're sticking with. Rather, they've been adaptive. They've increased their creativity. They've thrown in some trick plays that have come in timely moments. And so a lot of credit is, is to be done to the offense. Oh, and by the way, the defense, uh, you mentioned the offensive numbers, but the defense has uh, also stepped up their game where they were more kind of bend, don't break at the beginning of the season, and they've become much more aggressive and productive playing on the other side of the ball, getting tackles for loss, fumbles, interceptions in the second half as well. Yeah, defensively, BYU has been much more opportunistic in terms of forcing turnovers, and, and I think that's certainly a byproduct of, of Kalani Satake having a little more uh, of an imprint on the defensive side of the football. Coming up, we are going to hear from head coach Kalani Satake as well as Zach Wilson and J.J. Nwigwe. That's coming up in Cougar Cuts. But next, we'll get to know the foe as we talk with Todd Leonard from the San Diego Union-Tribune. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live, getting you ready for the regular season finale. BYU on the road at San Diego State. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU radio studios in beautiful Provo, Utah. A little snowy today, but still beautiful nonetheless. Joining me from the stadium in San Diego, Riley Nelson. And now joining us on the phone, he covers the San Diego State Aztecs for the San Diego Union-Tribune. Welcoming in Todd Leonard. Todd, thanks for taking a few minutes. We appreciate it. Uh, No problem, Jason. Glad to do it. So let's start with this. Rocky Long has been pretty vocal about not wanting to schedule BYU. And he's still, I think he's still obviously upset the Cougars left the Mountain West Conference Clearly someone in the athletic department is okay playing BYU because they've agreed to, to a couple of games. But overall, how do you think BYU is viewed by the Aztecs in general? Well, you know, the Aztecs' view, I think, is different from Rocky's view. Rocky always has his own unique views. Uh, I think Rocky sees it as, hey, let's, let's wet their appetite a little bit. Let's not play them. And then hopefully they'll come back to the conference or, you know, something along those lines. He even said that for our paper today. Um, as the, the Aztecs view, I think the larger view in general was that BYU was, was a nice scheduling coup because of the history between the, the teams and the schools. And so there's nothing wrong with an, especially an out of conference opponent being as attractive as BYU compared to, you know, quite a few other <laughs> not big-name schools that the Aztecs have, have scheduled in the past. So, I mean, this was scheduled long ago. Jim Sturk was the athletic director at the time. Uh, John David Wicker, who is now the athletic director, was his assistant. Um, so, obviously, as you guys know, these are scheduled pretty far out. Um, I don't know, you know, if Rocky had a say in it, now, I don't know that BYU would be scheduled, but, um, you know, we're, we are here, you know, this year and obviously in Provo next year. So, 
to me, it works out great. Um, the, the, the thing I'm most disappointed in is that this matchup didn't happen at the beginning of the season rather than the end. This is pretty pretty anticlimactic at this point with the Aztecs uh, conference season being over and it, and it being somewhat of a disappointment in the fact they didn't make the Mountain West Conference championship game. Well, and it's interesting you say that uh, on the San Diego State side of things, you know, maybe a little bit of a letdown with the conference being over. But in terms of BYU, I, I think this is, a, this is a good thing for the Cougars because we're so used to, to maybe the softer side of BYU's schedule being towards the end. It's nice to be able to, take, to, be able to face a team that, that has eight wins, that has such a good defense, I think it's, in a way, a little bit of the opposite for BYU because all of their tougher games are at the beginning of the season, and sometimes the last month uh, can be a little less than stellar. Yeah. This is actually a pretty good way for BYU to end the year. It's interesting because we'll see either one of two teams with San Diego State tonight. Either they'll be so let down, and then obviously there's the quarterback situation um, so they either be incredibly let down and have nothing in the tank uh, as they did last year at this time, or, you know, they've got nothing to lose and maybe they can get fired up for BYU and it's, you know, the last home game of the season for the seniors. So, you know, we can look at this two different ways on San Diego State's end, but this is not, this has not been a great end to the season by any stretch of the imagination for San Diego State talking with Todd Leonard covering the Aztecs for the San Diego Union Tribune and you referenced Ryan Agnew not going to start but freshman Carson Baker will be making his first collegiate start do you expect any changes offensively I know the offense and we'll get into this in a second but I know the offense has not been what Rocky wanted it to be do you expect to see anything different or drastic changes with Baker now the quarterback today I don't think so what what the interesting part of this is that uh, Agnew was really given the green light to run this year and scramble a lot more. I mean, he scrambled last year, but it, it wasn't planned, where this year they called a lot more running plays for Ryan Agnew. Uh, so I don't know that that's going to happen with Carson Baker being his first collegiate game. He's not considered a dual-threat guy necessarily. Now, now uh, Jordan Brookshire, who I think we're also going to see at quarterback tonight, uh, he's said to have much better running ability, so we might see some scrambling from him. So that's the interesting thing for BYU is that, you know, there's no film on either of these right. guys unless they went went back to Brookshire's JC film. So uh, from that standpoint, I got think they're a little off balance, but you also have to look at is in the case of Baker, I mean, this, this kid played for one of the strongest programs in, in San Diego section at Helix High School, uh, but, you know, it's a completely different level now. Um, he stood on the sidelines for two years almost. Uh, he's going to be starting in, in his hometown, his first collegiate start. And that's either going to, you know, take him to the next level or completely, uh, you know, discombobulate him for tonight's game. I, I can't tell which way that's going to go. Well, the interesting part about this San Diego State team is while the offense, you know, hasn't been able to get into the groove that it would have liked throughout the year, the defense has been fantastic, one of the best in the country. In your opinion, why do you believe this defense has been so dominant? Just always the right pieces with Rocky Long. You know, Rocky's Rocky has very little to do with this offense, and that's not to make excuses for Rocky, but he just, he just doesn't pay much attention to the offensive coaching. 
the defense is his love. And between his ability to scheme against teams and the talent that they're the, – the, the ability and the effort that they're able to get out of guys who don't go to bigger schools um, is, is fairly remarkable. Calvin Tizino has to be one of the best linebackers in the country um, at any level. Um, so to get a guy like him and have him play at a consistent level for all the time he has is huge. And then Luke Barku, you know, is a first-time starter this year and has a ton of interceptions, um, is really matching what any other great cornerbacks of late have done at FCSU. And they've just got, you know, they've had a strong defensive line. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm fascinated by this matchup because, you know, as you say, you know, BYU gets a pretty good matchup against a defense that's good, uh, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what a San Diego State defense does against a non-Mountain West school because, uh, frankly, you know, the Mountain West teams are terrible offenses, especially in the West. They're just okay. really bad. I mean, and, you know, they beat UCLA, which was a really strong win. Um, but they've only beaten one team with a winning record this season. That's Weber State <laughs> um, out of the FCS. Right. So Just up the road you know, from here. To, to, yeah, exactly. So so to beat a BYU with a winning record would, would give them a lot of, uh, you know, confidence and, and make them feel better about the season than what they look at right now, which is they somehow – reach top 25 in the country not having beaten a team with a winning record, which is pretty remarkable. Well, I have to say, and, and I was wondering about this myself, but after our conversation, I'm even more intrigued to see what type of San Diego State team comes out because from BYU's perspective, after starting 2-4, and four, the opportunity to get an eighth win in the regular season and then a possibility of a ninth win with a bowl game, it's it's a big deal. So there is definitely going to be a motivated BYU Cougar team in San Diego today. After our conversation, I'm very intrigued to see what type of Aztec team comes out. I am too. I I am too. They they absolutely collapsed last season at the end, and so you know I think there's it, it there's a lot of pressure on this team and on Rocky to not see that happen again um, because. I think Rocky Long would be incredibly disappointed in himself and his staff if this team kind of gives up here at the end of the season like they did last year. Todd, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I appreciate uh, you uh, spending some time with us on the pregame show. Thanks, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. Sure, Jason. You guys take care. Thank you very much. That's Todd Leonard covering the San Diego State Aztecs for the San Diego Union-Tribune. My one-on-one coming up with freshman running back Jackson McChesney. Boy, did he have a game last week at UMass. That's coming up a little bit later on in Chef Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU, San Diego State. No, it's not. uh, We're not in the Wayback Machine. BYU's not back in the Mountain West Conference. It is 2019. We got a battle in San Diego, regular season finale for the BYU Cougars. A win gives BYU eight wins in the regular season. That is the goal tonight. Now, this week's matchup will be completely different 
from last week's from a defensive perspective, whereas UMass was last in total defense, like we talked about earlier, San Diego State is eighth in the country in total defense. And I asked head coach Kalani Sataki why he thinks the Aztec defense has had so much success. Rocky Long is a good coach. He's been around and, and he's uh, coordinated some great defenses and he's been head coach of some great defenses. And so uh, he has tons of experience. And, um, you know, I, I look at, like, the coaching staff, they have a lot of experience on their coaching staff. Guys have been head coaches and have been a lot of different places. So uh, experience-wise, they, they you can tell they're well-coached and you can tell that they're tough and they, they take the same personality that Rocky Long has and, and I, we expect their best shot. I said every week we just got to make sure they get ours as well. So uh, it's going to be a, a fun opportunity for us to empty our, ta- our tanks and, and – uh, you know, and just worry about this game and, and finish it off the right way. You know, Riley, you had mentioned uh, at the beginning of the program that this is just what Rocky Long does. I mean, he is a defensive guy. This is where Bronco Mendenhall, you know, w- was able to hone his skills defensively under Rocky Long and then obviously brought it to BYU as the defensive coordinator and then eventually as head coach. But this is just what Rocky Long does. And, and you heard from Todd Leonard. He said he, Rocky has really nothing to do with the offense at all. He is all about the defensive side, and that shows. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he should <laughs> – now, you got to stay where your area of expertise is. It sure. Wouldn't, it probably wouldn't hurt him to get involved in the offense a little bit given their struggles <laughs> or their lack of production. But uh, I think that's multifaceted. It's not just it's not just coaching. One of the other aspects is that uh, Kalani won't talk about, but uh, as I read the presser from San Diego State side, is Rocky – there's not a lot of love lost between Rocky Long and, and BYU from his time in New Mexico being in the Mountain West and then also the sh- short time when he was here – at San Diego State, and they shared, um, yeah. and he was in the Mountain West with BYU. So he, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of added motivation. I know that uh, during the Know the Foe segment, there wasn't a lot of optimism from the beat writer that covers it, but <laughs> I think within the program, uh, there's going to be some intensity. Rocky Long is going to get his guys up, trying to get them to play with a chip on their shoulder, and we'll see. I think we'll see his influence on the game, not only from the defensive standpoint, but I think the San Diego State team is going to come out motivated uh, to prove themselves or make a mark against this BYU team. Well, and with that in mind, this week, head coach Kalani Sitake, even though he praised Rocky Long's team defense, he was unaware that Coach Long had been fairly outspoken about his feelings. He doesn't want his team to schedule BYU. Here's here's Kalani. I didn't know he said that, but I, that's okay. We'll we'll play this weekend. And I know Rocky; he's a good man, you know, and, and competitive. And so, I'm just looking forward to the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I respect him and his coaches, and definitely respect the players. And looking forward to the matchup. I know that they've had a they've had a really good season, you know, and they've been ranked. Um, so they they're a team that we're looking forward to, to playing. And then the fact that it's at the end of the year, and I just like I like the last game of the season. You know, where you know, you're, we already know we're going to go to bowl game and we know we're going to have some time to recover. So you just can really just give everything you've got and empty everything. As we talked about, Riley, the Aztec offense is certainly not a juggernaut uh, scoring the football. Um, they, their offensive line struggles. They're starting a freshman quarterback. It's his first collegiate start tonight. The, and, and they don't run the ball great, but if there's one thing that they, they want to do is certainly run the ball, and they are a power-running team. And defensive lineman J.J. Nwigwe said he likes the challenge of going against a rushing offense like that. 
I personally like run teams. Uh, I like when um, you just kind of look in the backfield and the running back's like, oh, no, there's nowhere to go. It's just kind of like in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I just it's just really fun to go against run aggressive teams first and then try to make them get out their element and pass the ball a little bit. And I know we have great DBs, so you want to throw it up towards them, then good luck. And, Riley, you would certainly expect with San Diego State starting – a guy making his first collegiate start, you would certainly hope that your your run game can take some pressure off of him. Yeah, and you know, hopefully he's he's coming in wanting to make some plays of of himself. But I I'm really excited to see. Here's one: th- if I was playing for this BYU defense, some oh San Diego State and where they rank and all their numbers and all that. Well, guess who's got a pretty good defense themselves, and it's this BYU team, obviously the averages and all that but they play uh, you know aren't aren't there and maybe they're not ranked in the top 10 in as many categories but they've been equally as productive i mean usc is one of the best offensive programs in the country and this byu defense was uh, you know probably the large reason if not the sole reason that with their three takeaways three or three interceptions was not the sole reason that byu was able to win that game so um it's obviously the defenses never share the field at the same time but i think this byu defense is set out to prove maybe change a little bit of the storyline and steal some of the attention away uh, because coming into the game it's been all about the San all we've been hearing about is yeah. the San Diego State defense and see if this BYU team comes out and uh, earns a little press of their own well not to continue talking about the San Diego State defense but BYU is certainly going to want to run the ball in fact BYU quarterback Zach Wilson believes establishing the run game against San Diego State is the key a lot of teams that have played against them have struggled, you know, running the ball against them. And I think that's where we're going to have to do well. You know, I think in the past game, of course, we're going to have to be be great. But I think what's going to be the difference is if we can run the ball against those guys and get a run game established. And so, you know, that's the kind of the thing that sticks out is that they're really good at stopping the run. And Riley, I guess it really boils down to, as, as we talked about, you know, BYU has, has had some injury issues at the running back spot. It was nice to see Lopini Katoa able to get back onto the field last week. Jackson McChesney with an unbelievable performance as a freshman running back. We'll see if Emmanuel Isupa uh, is, is able to play today. But establishing that run, according to Zach Wilson, is going to be the key in, in facing this San Diego State defense. Yeah, and the reason is because uh, they're good against straight run and they're good against straight drop back. But if there is a place where you can maybe get a uh, get some easy, maybe not easy yards, but you can get yards against this San Diego State defense is, is in the play-action game. Now, it's been few and far between. The teams have had success because they are so good against the run that nobody is, nobody's patient enough to establish the run to where the San Diego State defense reacts heavily to it and therefore opens up opportunities in the play-action passing game. But that, that I think, is a recipe for BYU. Be patient and persistent through the first you know, two, even three quarters and while you start to mix in play-action opportunities because you're not going to get a lot of shots down the field just in straight drop back. But I think if you can get them starting to react and overreact to the run and then you pull the ball out of the running back's belly, come around on a boot, I think BYU is going to be able to find some guys down the field, which – you're not banking on the chunk plays, but the chunk plays are going to make your life a whole lot easier if you can if you can manufacture them against the San Diego State team. Up next, I go one-on-one with Jackson McChesney in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 
Cougars, Aztecs, coming your way in just a little bit from San Diego. Now, while it wasn't his debut, in just his second game of the season, true freshman running back Jackson McChesney made quite the splash against UMass. Jackson rushed for 228 yards on 15 carries, which, by the way, was a freshman record and the sixth most rushing yards in BYU history. I caught up with the speedster after practice this week. Here's Shep Talk with Jackson McChesney. So how has life been different for you over the last couple of days after your big outing at UMass? You know, it's been, it's been kind of funny. I actually had a friend come up to me. He's one of my best friends. He's like, hey, can, you, can we hang out now that now you had a big game? And so that's kind of funny. But, you know, it's been, it's been nice finally, you know, getting on the field and doing what I can do. What did that mean to you? Not just the numbers, but that was your second game being able to play this season. What did it mean to you to just be on the field? I feel like it was a big confidence builder just because I haven't played a whole lot. And so being able to, to do some good stuff, you know, builds my confidence to be able to move forward going, going forward. Now you realize, though, I mean, with it only being your second game as a true freshman, that's usually not supposed to happen. I mean, what an awesome outing for you. What was that like as you were in the midst of it and those yards were just racking up? You know, you don't really think about it in the moment. You don't think how many yards I have. You just try to get the next yard every play. And so, you know, in the moment, you're not really thinking about it too much. And I didn't really know until after the game, until, until someone came up to me and told me. I think it was in the fourth quarter when you hobbled off. I think everybody around BYU was like, oh, my goodness, I hope he's not hurt. The fact that you came back in, was that a scary moment a little bit? It was a little scary, but I knew it wasn't anything serious. And so it just kind of just messed up my leg a little bit. And so I had to get to the sideline to be able to to just make sure I'm all good to get back in as soon as I can. Coach Satake was talking about you and your story with the general media this week, and he had talked about certainly one of the things everybody knows about you, especially in high school, was your speed. And he said coming back from a mission, everything was there but the speed. It took a little bit of time. Was that frustrating when you came back that you weren't able to get back to that right away? Yeah, and I would say I'm still not quite there yet. I got tracked down a couple times in the game. And if you rewatch it, you can see my like body language is just so sad that I didn't get in the end zone on those big runs. But I feel like I'm working towards it and getting fast, but I'm not quite all the way there yet. Where do you feel like right now you are in terms of where you were in high school? Do you think you're close, or where, where do you feel that way? I feel like I'm pretty close. Obviously, everyone else around me is a lot faster. But I feel like I'm a lot bigger, too. I put on maybe 20 pounds or 15, 20 pounds since high school. And so I feel like I'm, I'm getting to that area, but, you know, now I can run over guys. I can do, do other things and just make a miss. Are you at a weight that you, you feel like will be your normal playing weight? Do you f- still feel you could carry more pounds? I feel like I can gain a little bit more. Um, I like where I'm at, but I feel like I can gain another, another 5, 10 pounds. Obviously, injuries are a part of it, and unfortunately, this team has dealt with a lot of injuries this season. And every time another injury occurs, everybody talks about next man up. You getting an opportunity was another situation of a next man up. I think that speaks highly of the depth on this team and what this team's capable of and guys coming in and being ready to produce. How important is that for you to make sure that when you're called upon, you're ready to go? I just remember the beginning of the season because I came in just right off my mission, like ninth string, and, and coach was like, hey, be ready because you never know what's going to happen with injuries and you know, running backs always are going down. And so when it finally came to, to my opportunity, like it was, it, I just didn't feel like it was real. But then Coach reminded me, like, hey, I told you at the beginning of the season, you got to be ready. And so that's kind of what he's been saying all year. And so I've been feel like I've been just trying to get ready for that moment. One of the things we've been asking the offensive players is where you feel the offense has made its biggest strides over the last five games because the production has significantly increased since the loss to South Florida. Where do you feel the answer to that question is? I feel like more our consistency. Like because at the beginning of the season we were beating ourselves up in like with penalties and different things. And so we've become a lot more consistent, not 
shooting ourselves in the foot. And so when we do that, we can make more plays. And like it's the difference between a, a third and one and a third and five or a third and 15. And so, you know, when it's a lot, when you have only one yard to go, it's a lot easier than going 15. You were a guy that committed to BYU before Coach Satake was the head coach. And he was talking about it today saying, you know, we knew he was going to be a BYU guy. And we were really excited to think of his skill set. Why was BYU the place that you wanted to be? You know, just growing up here in, in Utah, you know, I had season tickets going to every single game, just watching everybody play. And it was always my dream to come play here. And when actually Bronco offered me, then I just knew that was where I wanted to be. And so I ended up committing to Bronco. And then Bronco left, and I recommitted to Kalani, and it's been great since. With snowing outside today, how excited are you guys to head down to San Diego this week? I've got to imagine probably salivating at the opportunity to get down to Southern California when the temperatures are in the 30s here. Yeah, it's going to be nice, especially as a running back. When it's wet, it's hard to hold on to the ball, but when it's dry, it's a lot easier. Uh, Zach Wilson was talking about the fact that he thinks that one of the things this team's going to have to do against a very good Aztec defense is establish the run. And I know that that's the goal every game, but is, is it more important against the team right now that I, I think against the run, they're third in the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we can start breaking out some runs, I think that'd be be awesome to be able to open up the pass game, and the pass game will open up the run game too. We just got to take advantage of these opportunities, be able to find a little crease and, and make something big out of it. How do you go from one week taking on a defense that's dead last, now taking on a defense that's one of the best in the country? How, how do you make that switch? Does it change anything for you guys? You know, we talked about it a lot this last week is just – practice for ourselves like we got to get better no matter who we're playing and so last week maybe their defense wasn't as good as this week but we're still practicing just as hard to be able to get better in what we need to do and you have an opportunity to get an eighth win in the regular season i know you guys are super motivated to go down there for a victory yeah we're very motivated all right let's wrap things up with the final four your favorite athlete growing up was who ladanian tomlinson i just love the way he ran and just that's why i play running back and that's why i wore 21 in high school Speaking of San Diego, mm-hmm. even though they're not in San Diego anymore, which is still bizarre to me. Okay, so very nice. Is he still your favorite athlete? Um, I would say I have to lean more towards Christian McCaffrey now just because I feel like, you know, a white running back, I can relate a little bit. Are you, are you working on the guns like McCaffrey has to? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do what I can. <laughs> the second question is, what's the last movie you saw in a theater? We went and saw Harriet um, this last weekend with the team. It's about Harriet Tubman and the, oh, underground, yes. the underground Railroad. Yeah, so how was that? It was very eye-opening. It was really cool. I really liked it. You can go anywhere on vacation. Where are you going? I'm staying in my basement. Staying in your basement for vacation? I'm staying in my basement. I'm a home guy. I like to be with my family. You know, I don't really like to leave the house. Okay, so I've had like Tahiti and all these places. The basement, I that is, that's not bad. <laughs> I like that though. At least you, it's like, hey, I like to be by myself. There's nothing wrong with that. Last question. What does it mean to you to wear the Y? To wear the Y? It means a lot. Because little kids like I was just look up to the, the players like, like it's everything. And so now that I can be one of those guys, I just hope I can influence someone that, that was young like I was. Great stuff. It was fun watching you against UMass. Really excited for, for this next week and, and your future here with BYU. Thanks for taking the time and good luck against the Aztecs. Thank you. That was BYU freshman running back Jackson McChesney. Excited to see what he does today coming off that unbelievable performance at UMass. We're going to visit with the voice Gregor Bell coming up in about 10 minutes. But next, we get our weekly QB read with Riley. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
We're getting closer to BYU and San Diego State regular season finale. The Cougars with seven regular season wins can make it eight tonight and a possible nine wins with a win in the bowl game. We already know BYU's heading to the Hawaii Bowl, but it's all about the Aztecs tonight. And as we've touched on a couple of times in the broadcast, Rocky Long has been pretty outspoken uh, about not wanting to schedule BYU and for our QB read with Riley Riley I think you may want to touch on that right yeah it was really interesting to me this week to read the San Diego State press conference and hear some of the things and granted headlines are not are, are not actual con, uh, comments so but uh, they they are very telling but in this week it's basically the uh the end result of or, or I guess if I were to sum up his weekly press conference it was that he would rather play anyone else but BYU in this last game. He spent uh, time in meetings and on the practice field letting his players know that they're at a disadvantage because BYU players on average are older than them and they might be lining up against a 24 and a 25 year old and that they basically have nothing to play for now that conference play is over. So it really interesting leadership. Now those are those are the kind of tidbits or highlights but one of the things I wanted to touch on is just the, the leadership from a coach's perspective at my QB read is is that coach leadership look your players you have two players and they're normally captains that are with you at the conference so there's only them and most players don't read the press conference or the or the articles or the beat they're too busy with school and their own preparation for the week but it does have a subconscious effect it's a trickle down effect from the head coach down so and essentially what he's done is create a foundation of excuses upon which his players can rely upon during this game. So they subconsciously, this is going to undermine their preparation. They, they're probably not going to work as hard because they know it doesn't mean as much or they know they're at a disadvantage or any number of the things, or, or that BYU shouldn't even be on the schedule according to their head coach. The other thing, in an in-game scenario, what this is going to do is this is going to affect their response to adversity at the first sign of adversity their their guys are gonna be like well yeah coach talked about this and and have that excuse and when you give your players excuses it means there's no accountability and it it reduces everything from effort to execution and all the way down through now you will have individuals who are unaffected by it but it's like uh, it's almost a mob mentality or a pack mentality right you think about a wolf pack or, or a pack of dogs that as the lead, as the alpha goes, so goes the pack, and so I was really interested to see a seasoned coach like Rocky Long let let his comments flow so freely about, or at least his negative comments or negative um, negatively toned comments about this game tonight. So uh, one of the things that I, uh, that as you listen to that against the background of what Kalani Satakis has been. And, and got to be honest, being on this side, being on the media for the first time this year, I've been... You're <laughs> I, one I, of us, Riley. Yes, and I, and I realize now how frustrating <laughs> coaches speak is because we have gotten, like, nothing out of Coach Satakis. Nothing about his extension. Nothing about, you know, when things were bad at 2-4. and four, Nothing about when things are good on a five-game winning streak. You just get, like, the stock answers over and over again. Now, his he's got that personable, uh, you know, aspect that comes through as he's giving you the coaches speak but it gives you nothing of substance to go on but one of the things that that has done is kept a new he has controlled the narrative and controlled the mindset of his team by not giving them any excuses I have been, had the opportunity to be at practice and see and coach Sataki does not whatever the circumstances are he does not necessarily care. it's not that he doesn't care but that's no excuse for poor performance you, you can control your your 
execution and your effort. And if you can control those things, the outcome will fall where they may. And there's no, and, and there's no excuses there. Now, excuse making is something that has always been uh, a, or has always been a part of sports, and it's something that I think in the modern day culture it's becoming. As you know, we have as helicopter parents have become snowplow parents, and kids are ever more guarded, and you know that you have more flags in the game than you've ever had, and all these things. But so so there's a lot more opportunities to put the blame for poor performance on someone else. But those players that are able to say, you know what, no excuses. I'm not going to blame my circumstances. I'm going to go out, lay it all on the line, and if I get beat, I get beat. And that all that means is that on that day, the guy that lined up across from me was better. And that's okay. Most kids, what happens with most players and coaches is they cannot face that they can't face that br- that brutal reality that someone might actually have been better than them on a certain day. But if you if you are the type of guy that has no excuses and go out and does lay it out on all lay it out all on the line, you realize that you're the one that actually sleeps better. The guy that makes excuses may sleep better for the first two three nights or or maybe a week after the game, but he's going to spend the next fifty years thinking what if <laughs> what if I would have not given myself that excuse what if I would have. Uh, you know, put, put in that extra. What if I would have? But the guy who lays it out all out on the line has no excuses and competes at the highest level, win or lose, is the one who will sleep. He may have a few rough nights following the game, and it may eat at him for a little while. But for the next 50 years, he's going to sleep soundly knowing he did his best, and that's the culture that I think Kalani Sataki is building here for BYU and definitely has built in this 2019 season. Great stuff, my friend. That's QB Reed with Riley. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice. Greg Rubel joins Cougar Pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. We're just a couple minutes away from talking to my guy, Mitchell Jurgens. He will join the program. We'll get his view from the sidelines. You'll hear him on the broadcast with Greg and Riley from San Diego. You'll also hear from Aztec head coach Rocky Long. But right now... It's time to visit with The Voice. always like this segment. It's always fun to talk with Greg. Joining us now, The Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. How are you? Hello, Shep. Nice call earlier today as the Cougars take care of the Ore Diggers yes. at the Marriott Center. Really uh, a, a nice, I, I thought, uh, start to finish uh, a pretty well-rounded effort for the Cougs. Uh, Colby Lee continues to impress, and I think a lot of guys did a lot of good things today. Yeah, it was an unbelievable shooting performance. And we'll actually let you hear some of those highlights and hear from Mark Pope uh, coming up on Cougar Halftime Live. But here's my question to you. This yeah. is a very important question. Okay, so let's go back to last Saturday. Well, you're this, not going to ask me who the starting quarterback is, I'm not going to okay. ask you the starting quarterback. <laughs> last back Saturday, yeah, you were in Massachusetts. You, mm-hmm. Your travel itinerary looked like this. Massachusetts to L.A. to Maui. After a couple of days in Maui and a very positive tournament for BYU basketball, Maui to L.A., L.A. to San Francisco. Now, I know ultimately you ended up in San Diego. I don't know if there was a return trip to L.A. before San Diego. First and foremost, don't be creeped out that I know your travel schedule in that great of detail. Number two, are you aware of what city you were currently in? Uh, San Diego, California, <laughs> and Pacific time zone. Yes. And I'm feeling good. Feeling fine. Slept in today. <laughs> Slept in late today, just FYI. But no, you know what? I was just telling uh, some of the guys on the field just now, 
I love this stadium. I, I, I love the city, of course, but that just being back in this stadium, I've always uh, had a real affinity for what was then Jack Murphy and then Qualcomm and now SDCCU Stadium. Something about it. And, you know, we've done a lot of games here over the years, of course. This is my, uh, what, 28th season on the on, on the radio broadcast crew. Between the conference games you would play and the Holiday Bowls and, and the Poinsettia Bowls, you know, more games here, and even including Sam Boyd, more games here than any other venue outside of Provo. And so uh, I'm really fond of it. And the way the BYU plays here generally helps, I think, in that impression uh, also. Just a really comfortable setting, and, and uh, I just like the way it looks, like the way it feels, like the way the grass uh, lays. I, I just... Uh, big big fan of what is now SDCCU Stadium and even though you didn't ask I will tell you Zach Wilson's a starting quarterback yes. today yes and, and I will tell you that uh, Baylor Romney who's not been available the last couple of games is available today and is technically according to Kalani the number two but Jaron Hall he said if needed to play today could okay so uh, I'm only counting on seeing Zach Wilson if all goes well but uh, Baylor Romney would be the number two if he sees some action uh, he'd be the number he'd the next guy to go in and then Jaron, he said, uh, um, if needed, would, would, would be there. So they traveled four, and uh, I've got two on the board with a chance to put in three, but I hope really only that uh, you know one really good quarterback gets uh, gets used today and that uh, BYU has a positive outcome with him. Emmanuel Asupa not available today. So okay. the running back crew is down two against still uh, Katoa and Algier and McChesney with, uh, with Weibel Meza being the number four of just four available running backs. Defensively, uh, no Brackenell Bakery. We saw him get hurt early in the UMass game, right, Riley, and, and left, and uh, not well enough to play today. But uh, Lorenzo Fawatea remains back in the mix. And so just really one uh, personnel note there, I think, defensively. I look for Troy Warner to get the start at safety today, though, and, and that's good. I, he's, he's working his way back in, and, and this is a special town for him as well. He'll have a lot of support in the stands. So Gamoloku and, and Warner, uh, Gunwaluku and Mandel, beg your pardon, likely to be the starting corners with uh, Warner and Austin Lee projected to start at, uh, at safety today. So it is BYU and San Diego State, Shep, and, and it's, it's a first-ever start for Carson Baker. Yeah. And Jordan Brookshire becomes the number two. And, and even though he has no film, you know, Carson Baker has no, no, no college record to go on, and all of Jordan Brookshire's work is basically at the JUCO level, uh, BYU's been into the high school and the JUCO film uh, vault this week. So... They wanted to give BYU as complete a look as you could give a kid or give his team about a kid who's never taken a snap at the FBS yeah. level, meaning Carson Baker. So they really wanted the team to have a really healthy respect for his his skill set. And he said, even though it's it's high school film, it's a high it's high, it's he looks high school. Right. Uh, produced uh, Reggie Bush and Alex Smith, and so um, they, they've gone back and they've gotten a lot of word from people that have you know coached him or against him, and got a real good sense of who this Carson Baker really is. Really is. They wanted to have his uh, his guys have the same amount of appreciation that they would have for say Ryan Agnew, and so that's been a big uh, a big focal point for BYU this year this week is making sure that the backups for San Diego State aren't viewed as as pushovers. Has the BYU offense, because we've talked about how much they have progressed over the last couple of weeks, do you think that the offense has progressed enough that you believe they can move the ball on anyone, even this really good Aztec defense? Has it progressed to that point? Well, it, it's you know even if BYU scored you know twenty, that would be above average, all right, and that might be enough to beat San Diego yeah. State. I, I'm still stunned by the fact that no one scored twenty four on them this year. <laughs> I mean, there were eleven games in. And 24 is, a, it, you know, as you know, uh, back in Broncos days, that was one of the pillars. And, and 24 has been not a lock solid, but about a really solid number for BYU. If you get to 24, you're probably winning the game. No one's gotten there against San Diego State this year. I find that still incredible um, after 11 games. So I'm not sure what the point number is going to be 
uh, to beat the Aztecs today. But it doesn't have to be a big one because of how they play it. And because they're not scoring in response, right? They're 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 playing these, you know, fourteen to eleven and yeah. seventeen to seven and seventeen games, and that, that that's kind of how how they roll practically every week. And and then you look at uh, what might be needed today by the Aztecs' perspective with with a brand new quarterback, and who knows what they're projecting as a final score uh, against BYU. Um, so if they don't get their average, meaning BYU in, in in yards, and they don't get their average in points, well, join the club because not a single team this year, not one, Shep, has scored, uh, has reached their scoring average for the year against San Diego State, and only one team has reached their yardage average for the year against San Diego State. And that was UNLV, who I think got maybe six more yards than <laughs> than, than their average to that point. So, so almost nobody has. Uh, a great game, or even a very good game against San Diego State. Yet, three teams have found a way to win, and BYU hopes to make it four today. Greg, Rocky Long, uh, we, Jason and I have talked a little bit about him and his his comments and attitude this week. You're obviously very familiar with him at New Mexico, and now he's here at San Diego State. And you, you just mentioned, you know, 28 years or 20, I can't remember, 26 or 28 years. Yeah, on the I'm just old, either yeah, way. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what, what do you make of the sense of, uh, of him and then and then BYU's response to maybe the attitude that he's bringing into this game. Well, they're they're going to get him in Provo next year. I know that. Um, so Rocky will have to grit his teeth once again uh, the next season. And again, his his whole perspective is that that BYU needs San Diego State or the Mountain West more than vice versa. And I just don't, I just don't buy that. I, I think BYU could stay independent for as long as it wanted to. And and. You know, BYU will be just fine scheduling games. They yeah. have been, and they will be. It doesn't. You don't need the Mountain West it, to survive. Again, it's not that they're that that it's half the schedule, like Rocky said, or three quarters. It's three of twelve this year. Okay, yeah. And and so his 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 projection isn't accurate, and uh, and BYU thinks doing quite well. And ultimately, there are enough Mountain West teams who believe that BYU for them moves the right needles and will continue to schedule BYU. Yeah. So Rocky's crusade's not going to necessarily uh, pick up steam with the Mountain West, and nor will it force BYU back to the league. And, and again, it is a series, not a one-game deal. They'll be back in Provo next year. And, and you know, Rocky was also quick to note, um, you know, the, 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 there's a connection to the school that he, he doesn't exactly hate BYU. He's, he's, his, his dad was a player for BYU back in the day. His parents met and got married, and, and, uh, and Rocky was born in Provo people may not know as well so you know it's kind of a kerfuffle but ultimately uh, I I think he's barking up a little bit of the wrong tree relative to what this game or this series might mean to BYU yeah I'm really looking forward to this one I can't believe we're already at the regular season finale but an opportunity for eight regular season wins and nine with the bowl this this is this is a big one for BYU and I know they're motivated for this one and as Kalani will tell us in our pregame chat coming up here in a bit Shep uh, and he used the phrase again last year at this time empty the tank yeah. Nothing needs to be left. You're not preparing for anything other than San Diego State. Put it all out there. You can get well for the bowl game in four weeks. You have plenty of time for that. As for tonight, lay it all out there and pick up what I think will be a big win for the program. Uh, it, you know, it, get, Getting a sixth straight win will be the first time that's happened uh, in more than a decade. Yeah. And that's what looking, uh, they're looking for tonight here at the SDCCU Stadium. Greg, great stuff as always. Thank you. Riley, thank you as well. We'll let both of you go and get ready for your portion of pregame and then get ready to call the game. Thanks for the time, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Chef. You bet. There's Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll talk with Mitchell Juergens, former Cougar receiver and radio sideline reporter. He joins us next as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. I mean, it's just this would mean so much to get this win for this BYU football team 
um, and you know really excited to see them uh, you know compete with a chance to do that tonight. Yeah, I agree with you. This is this is a very motivated Cougar team facing uh, San Diego State tonight. Now, understanding it was against UMass, we get that. Not a defensive juggernaut. With that in mind, I thought the first half in Amherst was the best and most precise I have seen this offense. They were awesome. How can you carry that over now facing a team with a significantly better defense? Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing that I, that I kind of want to point out here is it, it, it really doesn't matter who you play um, to, to, to get the rhythm that you need as an offense especially. Um, you know, you, you hear a lot of teams actually talk about having an incredible practice week as being one of the keys to have performed so well in the game. Um, and, you know, and I'm not comparing that UMass game to a practice week um, or, a, you know, a practice game, but, but the principle is the same. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter who the opponent is or, you know, even if you're just in practice, if you can perfect reps and get everybody on the same page, just like we saw against that, you know, last week against UMass, that is going to that's going to be what builds confidence in these players and helps them you know visualize you know San Diego State they have a great defense but being able to be on the field and say hey we did this last week we did it in practice what changes right um, and, and, and so you know yeah it was UMass last week but I think you know having performed so well is just going to give these players confidence to know it doesn't matter who lines up against us we control what we can control and as an offensive player, as a receiver, I'm going to win my route just like I did against, you know, in the last week. Um, Zach Wilson was on. He, he felt comfortable. Um, his throws were precise. They were on. I mean, it's, it's just something that it doesn't matter who you play. If you're on, you're on. You build that rhythm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they've got every reason to be confident heading into this game tonight. The Aztec offense is nothing special in terms of scoring, but they, they are a, a team that's considered a power run team. Now, they're only averaging 137 yards per game, but as we know, that's been an issue at times this season for the BYU defense. H have you seen enough progress over the past few weeks in that area specifically to make you comfortable against San Diego State's rushing attack? So in this specific area, I'm actually going to say no. And, you know, the reason why, I mean, you look at the last three weeks. UMass, um, you know, they had um, they had almost 150 rushing yards. Um, you, obviously, a lot of those came in the second half where the ones weren't in. Um, but they still, you know, were able to move the ball on the ground. Idaho State, they, they had over 150 rushing yards. And Liberty, um, you know, I want to say they were in the 125 range. And so you look at the last three weeks, and, and those aren't your spectacular run you know, star-run offenses, uh, but they were still a able to put up those numbers. And so when you ask that question, have, have I seen enough of um, of our defense to be able to stop the run? I really haven't, and, and that's what I want this game to be, um, to prove to us, you know, the, the, the listeners, the those watching this game, you know, BYU fans, um, you know, across, across the nation, to, to really just, you know, understand, hey, this BYU defense is for real. They can stop the run haven't really seen it in the past i haven't seen enough to be convinced um, that they can and they are that team um, but man what what a statement it would be to come again come out against this sdsu team where that is you know where they do take pride in that rushing attack shut them down um, and, and really just prove a point here at the end of the season zach wilson played extremely well last week jackson mcchesney was setting records last week i think everybody's excited <laughs> to see what those guys can do today who else do you think could have a big day today? 
You know, um, as a receiver, I've got to go with the receiving core. Uh, I'm not going to pick out a, a specific receiver um, uh, to, to highlight, but I, I think, you know, you look at the entire season, and this group has been very consistent all year, something that we didn't necessarily see last season. Uh, just to spit out just, you know, a, a few stats to kind of, you know, understand what this receiving core has done this year that was different from last year. Um, in, in all of 2018, there wasn't one player who had 30 receptions and only one who was Matt Bushman, a tight end, who had more than 400 yards receiving. Um, you look at now in 2019 with still two games to go, so the season hasn't even finished yet. There are four players who have more than 30 receptions and 400 yards with a fifth very close in both of those categories. You have Micah Simon, Matt Bushman, Talon Shumway, Aleva Hifo, um, Gunnar Romney's close. I mean, Dax Milne has, has performed exceptionally well. Those are so many targets that have just done remarkable work this season. And I, I look at the last you know game of the season um, here tonight, and I want to see some more magic from the receiving core. Um, they've, you know, they've really cut down on drops that they had last year. And so just as collectively as a group, you know, Fessy Satake has done such a tremendous job and, you know, really looking at the receivers tonight to have a big one. Mitchell, thank you so much. Great stuff as always. We'll hear you on the broadcast with Greg and Riley coming up in just a little bit. Hey, thanks so much, Jason. There we go. Mitchell Jurgens getting his view from the sideline. On the other side, we're going to hear from San Diego head coach Rocky Long. We've been talking about a lot of his comments, you're going to hear those comments from him coming up on the other side. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We're getting ready for BYU and San Diego State coming your way in just about 45 minutes from now. Rocky Long is in his ninth season in charge of the Aztec football program, and Rocky talked about the matchup with BYU this week. We've got a really good football team coming in here. BYU is an exceptional football team. They, they had a period when they were struggling when the starting quarterback was out with a hand injury. Uh, but since that time... Uh, They've been playing at a level since he got back, since he's been the starting quarterback and he got back. It's the best football team we'll play against all year. Pretty high praise from Rocky Long taking on BYU tonight. Now, while we've talked a lot about the Aztec rushing attack, their offensive line has not played as well as Coach Long would have liked. Yeah, I I think going into the season, we thought the offensive line would be better than they've played. Uh, And... Maybe we're overestimating those kids' abilities. Maybe they're not quite as good as we thought they were going to be, or maybe they didn't adjust to the new system. Or It's not really a new system, the new formations mm-hmm. as well as I thought they would. But, no, the offensive line hadn't played as well as we anticipated them to play. And that's one of the major reasons why the offense has not been able to be as consistent or produce at the level that they would have liked. And, with that being the case, if that continues to be the case tonight, BYU's defense has got to find a way to, to capitalize on that and take advantage of an offensive line that, in the own words of the head coach, it just has not played well and has not lived up to what 
the expectations were for them. That, that's got to be something where BYU's defensive front takes advantage of that, and that, that could help out certainly with slowing down the rushing attack, which, again, is not great at 137 yards per game, but still it's, it's something that BYU's defense has struggled with. That will help with that. That will also help put a lot of pressure, if you can get through the offensive line, put a lot of pressure on a quarterback making his first start as a collegiate athlete. So that's, I thought that was a really interesting comment from Rocky Long talking about his offensive line. Now, with a long history of facing BYU with New Mexico State and then now with San Diego State, Rocky said he knows how good the BYU football program is, but his players, they're not aware of it at all. No way, no how. So if we want to build up this big rivalry with BYU, the only ones that know are me, maybe, maybe Horton, you know, anybody that's over 60, we understand. <laughs> but but any, anybody under 30 has no idea how, how heated those rivalries were and how much people, because BYU was one of the top teams in the country for years and years and years, so people shot to try to knock them off. Our boys have no idea about any of that. I had to tell them the other day that some of their players are 25 to 27 years old, and they looked at me like uh, my head was cut off. <laughs> You see, they don't, they, don't even, they don't even know that part of it. They, they've watched them on film, so they know they're a darn good football team, but they don't know all that other stuff. I told them they're the most mature football team we're going to play. They have no idea what that means. But from the age of 18, playing against 24- and 25-year-olds, you in this room, how much different were you at 25 as compared to 18? Hmm, there's a huge difference. There's a thing called man strength that you get about 25 or 26 years old. You don't have it at 18. No matter how much they think they're a grown man, they are not. They don't care. All they care about is playing the game and trying to win. And I'm glad they're like that. That's the way they ought to be. Still waiting for my man strength to kick in, but that's uh, it's kind of a me problem. Look, it's such a tired, it's such a tired comment, the, the age thing. I mean, Rocky can pick his best most athletic player on his team and tell him to go away for two years and not play football and then come back and see how much an advantage it is. It's just a, it's a tired, worn-out argument for opposing coaches to, uh, to talk about. Now, with Rocky being so outspoken about his team not scheduling BYU after leaving the Mountain West Conference, Coach Long was asked if he would like to see BYU back in the Mountain West Conference. Well, they look like the old BYU team to me the last three weeks, which means they're pretty good on defense and really, really, really good on offense. Now, I told you already they had a three- or four-game span there that they didn't play very good and their starting quarterback was hurt. Well, he's back 100%. And they look like the BYU team of old to me. They can run it. They can throw it. Nobody ever stops them. They score a whole bunch of points, and their defense is good enough to keep the other team off the board. What do you have to say about their quarterback? Is it Zach? Wilson, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like all of the good ones now. He's very accurate with the football. He can throw the deep ball. And then if there's no throws there, he can hurt you with his legs. That was Rocky talk, elaborating a little bit more on what he sees from the Cougars. He'd already mentioned that they'd be the best team they will have faced to this point. Uh, so that was him elaborating on what he sees from BYU. Now this is Coach Long when asked if he'd like to see BYU back in the Mountain West Conference. I think that BYU would be a, a very strong addition to our league and would help our league entirely. And I think they'll come back if people don't schedule them. If we will not schedule them so they have an unbelievable hard time of developing a schedule, that might make them come back into the league. I don't have anything against BYU. In fact, my mother and father are alumni 
of BYU. They both graduated. They met there. They got married there. I was born there. I mean, I have nothing against BYU, and I think they'd be a strong addition to our league. And the way to get them back is to not schedule them. Make them hunt and peck and try to find a schedule. I mean, half their schedule or three-fourths of their schedule are Mountain West Conference teams already. Uh, three-fourths of the schedule is not Mountain West Conference teams. Uh, BYU has played a handful of Mountain West Conference opponents, and they're going to play San Diego State again. We touched on this with Greg Rubel. You know, uh, Rocky's going to have to uh, swallow his pride a little bit because the, uh, the Aztecs are coming to Provo next season. When we come back, we'll check out some other action in college football, and things did not go well for Alabama. We'll uh, let you know what happened. Coming up on the other side, Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's check out other scores in college football. We'll start with some finals and the big one. Upset number 15, Auburn defeats number 5, Alabama, 48-45. That now makes the Crimson Tide 10-2 on the season, 6-2 in the SEC. Other rivalry games, number 4, Georgia gets the win at Georgia Tech, 52-7. Number 3, Clemson on top of South Carolina, 38-3. And number 1, Ohio State takes down 13th-ranked Michigan, 56-27. Games going on right now. Five minutes to go in the first half. It is number 2, LSU leading Texas A&M, 31-0. K-State doubling up Iowa State right now. It is 14-7, favor of the Wildcats. And how about we end things on a high note? After one quarter in Salt Lake City, Colorado leads their rival Utah 7 to nothing. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up after the break, the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank, for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America Visa credit cards featuring triple rewards. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside SDCCU Stadium in San Diego, California, as tonight, former longtime conference rivals wrap up their 2019 regular season schedules by facing off in a game that one of the head coaches says shouldn't even be played. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel. With me is my broadcast partner, the former Cougar quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And, uh, Riley, we are back in the venue in which you last suited up as a college player, and as a BYU Cougar. It was in the 2012 Poinsettia Bowl, which was also the last time BYU and San Diego State met on the gridiron. Yeah, it was a great team memory for me. <clears throat> Forgive me. Um, my season that year had dwindled a little bit as uh, I had battled some injuries and didn't start the game. I came in for one series, ran the ball a couple times, and threw a pick that bounced off Ross off his shoulder, and they qu- they quickly yanked me as I wasn't at full strength. But uh, it wasn't it wouldn't really matter that day who was at quarterback as Kyle Van Oy scored two defensive touchdowns. Our defense forced four turnovers, and uh, our lone offensive touchdown was even set up by a by a um, a defensive turnover there and. Uh, 
it's it's a game that as I think back, I really think it will mirror today's game as I think that this will be a defensive battle and it'll come down to, you know, who's going to win the field position game, who's going to be more patient, and who's going to come up with the timely plays, be they on defense, special teams, or offense. Well, San Diego State is one of the three Mountain West Conference teams on BYU's 2019 regular season slate and having already dispatched up Boise State and Utah State. The Cougars tonight go for the hat trick. In the meantime, SDSU head coach Rocky Long thinks none of the Mountain West Conference teams should be scheduling their former conference colleague from Provo. Rocky would like to see BYU back in the Mountain West, and he's convinced that the best way to make that happen would be for MWC teams to shun the Cougs. Well, at least two conference teams, Boise State and Utah State, uh, love having BYU on their annual schedule, while multiple other Mountain West teams are clearly not reserving a seat on Rocky's blacklist bandwagon. As for BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, he'll uh, play them as their schedule, G5, P5, conference or no, and his guys have navigated a diverse and difficult schedule to the tune of 7-4 and four through 11 games. When we come back, the Cougars coach previews the prospects of an eighth regular season win as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's comments coming up next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to San Diego, California. Tonight, BYU and San Diego State meet to conclude both teams' 2019 regular season campaigns. Both the Cougars and the Aztecs will play in the postseason. BYU in the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve, SDSU at a bowl destination to be determined. Time now to hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, who tonight takes into San Diego, a team that has this year been through quite the ringer. It has seemed that every week our pregame conversations are comprised of a laundry list of players not healthy enough to take the field. Yet through it all, BYU has grinded its way to seven wins with a solid shot at eight or nine to end the year. Yeah, I think the players have been uh, up for the challenge. The guys getting uh, you know their opportunity to play. And uh, obviously, this is, seems like a kind of a down week in, in, in um, shuffling guys around. But uh, it, I think it's kind of good that we have some consistency, some continuity with our guys, with the 11 guys on the field. So other than um, Bracken back I think the guys that played last week should be playing again this week on defense. And offensively, we were looking to you know, keep the same guys that we had from last week. So it should be, it should be a good mix for us uh, tonight. Zach Wilson continues as your starter, but uh, Baylor Romney has not been available the last couple of weeks, is, is back in the mix as the number two. Yeah, I think the coaches did a great job strategically to um, let Baylor heal up, and I think the last two weeks he really needed that time. And so uh, if we, we need him, he'll be ready. And so looking forward to him. And then, you know, with, with Jaron and, and Joe are still there in the mix as well. Yeah, how close is Jaron? He's been out a while. Very close, and uh, I think, you know, if, if needed, we could possibly go to him tonight, but we're, we're going to be, uh, you know, let's just see. We're, we're, we have to prepare for everything. That's why we brought four quarterbacks with us. Okay. After the last couple of weeks, F- FCS team and UMass step up in competition tonight. Uh, what do you s- need to see from your guys, maybe a little more of, that maybe didn't get enough of, maybe in the last couple of games? More of what we had in the first half against um, against UMass, and uh uh, not not necessarily the points. It's more just the way the guys were playing and uh, just the cohesiveness and the way that the guys played all together, all 11 guys in the field, and not a lot of mistakes, you know, from administrative side. We weren't um, 
shooting ourselves in the foot. Like we've had had some inconsistencies doing throughout the season, so that was the promising part of it. And then we were able to get a lot of uh, depth reps within the second for a whole half, you know, and that and that. And so the second half against UMass, so hopefully that helps us with our depth in. And uh, if we need to get guys fresh, that we, we were able to su- substitute tonight. So it should work out well for us. What uh, do you think makes San Diego State's defense uh, so dominant this year? Well, that's what they've done to everybody. You know, they've played against um, UCLA and other uh, really good teams. And um, I thought the, just them being able to mix things up and then create a lot of havoc and chaos has, has uh, worked out well for them. And so uh, offensively, I think it's a good challenge for us, and I think our guys are ready for it. Um, they, they had a great week of preparation. So looking forward to see how we could get, match up against one of the country's best defenses. Do you look at Rocky's scheme defensively as unique? Of course, yeah. I think he, he does some things that, that's a little bit um, out of the ordinary and, and not that everyone, not everyone does it the same. And so uh, I think, uh, you know, Coach Grimes and A-Rod and the rest of the group, um, Fessy and Steve and A.J. and, and Mateos are going to have to, you know, we thought that this week they had a great game plan and, and, uh, and uh, I thought they practiced really well. So let's uh, see what, it ha- what happens tonight on the field. And really looking forward to seeing those guys play against uh, – you know, quality opponent and defense. And then on the other side of things, we need to create just as much, if not more, havoc on our side on defense and, and create some turnovers and win the turnover battle tonight. Okay. They are projected to start a redshirt freshman who's never taken a college snap, mm-hmm. and the number two is a guy that's never taken an FBS snap. If that's the case, what's the right way to go after those guys? Well, I think they're going to try to establish the run game first, but uh, I think we have to be ready for all of it. You know, we, we did a great job pre- preparing against – uh, Carson Baker. If we take a look, a look at what he did at Helix High, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we we've seen uh, what a what a quarterback that if no one really worries about him or is taking is taking them for granted, then what they can do. And we had that on the other side. We had um, Peter Romney take the field against Boise State and do some really good things. So uh, this week we've been an extra focus, especially today and yesterday, an extra focus on him as a quarterback and as a player because there's not a lot of films so we were able to watch a lot of the things that he did in high school and look at some of the things that he's done and in his highlights and also his game film and then try to prepare for that and I think um, well, that's the right way to go we're not gonna just uh, the fact that he's a redshirt freshman and a first starter first uh, time starter we're not taking that for granted we, we we're preparing the right way and I, I'm really th- thankful that our, our players and our coaches uh, you know, did the right thing this week by prepping for the or quarterback as dangerous as he could be. You're very good with the deep ball as well. Well, you take a three nothing win, but uh, how many points do you think it will take uh, to beat San Diego State? They haven't allowed uh, twenty, even twenty four points in any game all year. Well, I told the offense that they score a lot of points and they'll help us out. I mean, it felt really good when we went into the halftime with a forty nine zero lead. That was that was nice. Obviously, you can't count on that all the time, but I think uh, all three phases have to be clicking and. And uh, we'll get the points wherever we can, whether it's on special teams or on defense or on offense. And a whole team effort, and, and uh, I'm glad that we can empty the tanks and do it, do it tonight. Do it tonight. And, uh, looking forward to nice weather. We left the storm in Utah and came to great weather here. So uh, what, what, what more could you ask for? You do empty the tank, and then you get a little rest up and uh, get ready for a bowl game, which is a good feeling. Of course, yeah. We'll get them, get them a couple of days off and then <laughs> get right back on it. Um, I think we have to take advantage of the practice time. But these guys are excited. Um, to end the season the right way. And, and uh, it's not really about, for me, it's not an end result in mind. It's just going out and playing your best. And I think when our team shows that they can be at their best and be consistent with it, we're a really tough team to beat. So I'm looking forward to seeing them perform tonight. Lonnie, thank you. Best of luck in this one, and we'll talk to you post game. Let's go, Cougs. Thank you.
That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake bringing us to the Homie Home Field Advantage, brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving is sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homie Home Field Advantage. And tonight we look at the Cougars' record in their home away from home, formerly Jack Murphy Stadium and formerly Qualcomm Stadium, now SDCCU Stadium which has played host to BYU many, many times. BYU's record in this building between games against San Diego State and postseason appearances in the Holiday and Poinsettia Bowls is 17-11-2. That's 30 previous games here, 11-5-1 in games against San Diego State. Break time now, and a reminder that title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of BYU and San Diego State rolling on as we bring you the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show, and that's coming up next. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, live from SDCCU Stadium in San Diego on the new skin BYU Sports Network. kickoff is just around the corner you're tuned to the byu store cougar kickoff show the byu store official outfitter of byu fans everywhere the cougar kickoff show is also brought to you by byu dining a classic byu tradition have a scoop today utah community credit union get more house same payment at uccu it's what we do also by utah honda dealers Let's head live to the Mo Betis broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, BYU football fans. We welcome you back inside SDCCU Stadium in San Diego, California for the BYU Store. Cougar kickoff show brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the 7-4 BYU Cougars visiting the 8-3 San Diego State Aztecs. The 37th all-time meeting between these two programs. BYU's won 28 of the preceding 36 get-togethers, including 11 of 16 here in San Diego. I am Greg Grubel, sitting alongside my commentary colleague, Riley Nelson. Joining us in the broadcast booth are on-site engineers, Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer. Statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Spotter, McKay Perry, back in Provo. Our pregame halftime and postgame host is Jason Shepard. Down on the field here, it's former BYU wide receiver, Mitchell Jurgens, Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The rest of our broadcast crew consisting of BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Tanner Rawl, as well as broadcast intern Hayden Wallace with us here in San Diego, and intern James Havel in studio back at BYU Radio. Great to have you with us on the new skin BYU Sports Network tonight. Our satellite flagship BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. We are also over the air on BYU Radio, 89.1 FM HD2. And, of course, our over-the-air flagship KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You also hear us on network affiliates over the air and streaming live globally on BYU Radio, BYU Cougars, and KSL Radio apps. Broadcast archive and highlights you can hear on the BYU Football Podcast and at byuradio.org. Well, Riley, between last week and this week, BYU experiences the opposite side of the competition spectrum. Seven days ago, the Cougars took on a historically porous UMass defense, and the BYU starters took UMass apart 49-0 at halftime before the backups kind of let up, actually, and let UMass make the final margin a little more respectable. This week at San Diego State, by any measure, one of the most dominant defenses in all of college football. So the first stringers, who got a lot of rest against Idaho State and UMass, will need to be on their game for likely the full 60 here tonight. 
In the interview with the beat writer, one of the things to provide a little bit of context that I didn't learn until the interview that Jason Shepard had with the beat writer earlier in the program was that San Diego State has yet to beat a team with a winning record. Now, regardless, even in the, their three losses, they have held those teams uh, to historically low, losing games where the opponent scored 14 points, scored 17 points, and scored 23 points. But uh, when you have those games against Idaho State and against UMass, and we didn't see guys like Aleva Hifo or Lopini Katoa, you're measuring can the guys stay motivated and sharp versus getting them healthy? Where are you getting a better return on your investment? And I think that it was wise to sit those guys out, and I think that they're going to come out here ready to go and play sharp because tonight the offense will need to be at its best and the defense will need to hold form. And if they can do that, I think the BYU's good, this BYU team is good enough to come out of this uh, come out of San Diego tonight with a win. All right, we've got more of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show coming right up after we remind you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. We've got more pregame coverage ahead of BYU and San Diego State right after this from SDCCU Stadium in San Diego, California on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, you're listening live as we come your way from SDCCU Stadium in San Diego ahead of BYU and San Diego State. It's both teams' final game before a bowl game. Both teams guaranteed of winning seasons as well here in 2019. Well, considering the schedule of BYU had lined up this year, uh, preseason prospects would have been relatively dim on offense if you knew that BYU would be without the services of Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Baylor Romney for multiple games at quarterback, and without the services of Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Asupa, and Sione Finau for multiple games at running back. Throw in injuries to Keanu Saliaponga, Tristan Hodge, Kiefer Longson, Thomas Shope on the O-line. Well, O.C. Jeff Grimes said he's never been part of a season with this many key injuries. As such, Riley... BYU's performance on that side of the ball on offense has been very admirable. I think this that speaks predominantly to the leadership on this program, both among the players and in the coaching staff. It also speaks to the adaptability of the coaching staff primarily to be able to we, – we've seen a market change in uh, the offense – from that midpoint in the season, a lot more creativity and a lot more different schemes and different schemes to highlight the skill sets of those of all those different players, namely the quarterbacks that you mentioned of both Wilson Hall and Romney. And then lastly, one of the things that's been a storyline since BYU has entered independence is their ability to recruit and provide depth within the program. And I think this year is definitely the proof in the pudding that if it ever did dip at all, from the initial move from the Mountain West to Independence, the depth is definitely back within the program, at, at least on the offensive side of the ball, because they've been able to weather a pretty significant storm. All right, that gets us to a UB the Judge. This weekly feature brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Tonight we're going with a BYU football trivia question. Back in the day, 1991, when there were still tie games, in the game of college football, BYU and San Diego State set the NCAA Division I record for the highest scoring tie game. It was a game played right here on this field. So what was the final score on that night back in 1991? The answer coming up next 
as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues from SDCCU Stadium in San Diego on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and San Diego State straight ahead in the game that Rocky Long grits his teeth to coach. Time now for the answer to tonight's BYU football trivia question in our You Be the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mind. Here was the question. Back in 1991, when there were still tie games, BYU and San Diego State set what is still and will forever be the NCAA-FBS Division I record for highest-scoring tie game in a game that was played on this field. What was the final score? Riley, any any recollections? Boy, what you said forever will be. So I got to think, you know, 50-something in the 50s. I don't know the specific score. 52-52. Wow. And BYU was behind 45-17. to 17. Wow. With, with eight minutes to with six minutes to go in the third quarter, and Ty Detmer led the comeback that ended in a tie game that actually, because it was a tie, clinched the Mountain Wire. They clinched the WAC championship for BYU that year, so a tie was enough to get it done. 52-52, Ty Detmer comeback from down 45-17, and that's you be the judge presented by Legally Mind. Well, BYU went to UMass last week and won 56 to 24, and uh, ultimately maybe maybe less than completely. 100% satisfying after all the Minutemen outscored BYU 24-7 to after halftime. Now it was against backups, but still it was a kind of a humdrum finish after a sizzling start. But uh, what was anything but ordinary was the way that uh, freshman running back Jackson McChesney ran the ball. He went nuts at UMass, setting the BYU freshman single-game record for rushing yardage, ending with the sixth-best single-game mark in BYU football history. Riley, some of it was... UMass being pretty bad, uh, but not all of it. Uh, what about Jackson's makeup and running style can be reproduced against much better defenses like the one that uh, BYU will see tonight here at San Diego State? In the segment earlier in the pregame show, Shep Talk, Jackson McChesney was the subject of that, and he talked about from his high school playing days, because Kalani after that game talked about Jackson's speed and he knows he's going to be a big player, and, and Kalani even alluded to he might not be all the way back, but Jackson did say, well, I'm 20 pounds heavier than I was. I think he is going to need all of those 20 pounds because item number one or goal number one for him is to continue the physical running style that he had. What I was so impressed for, what I was so impressed by Jackson against UMass was he was physical when he needed to be physical between the tackles, and he was elusive and speedy when he broke out into the open field. Against the San Diego State defense, there isn't much space to be had for runners, so first and foremost he needs to be physical and great between the tackle box, and hopefully he can break one as he did a couple times against UMass. All right, coming up we'll hear from Mitchell Jurgens as we continue with more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from SDCCU Stadium in San Diego, California on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
The San Diego State Marching Band in tonight's National Anthem. BYU and San Diego State coming up just after the top of the hour here in San Diego. The official kick time going to 7.07 Mountain Time. While BYU's dealt with a, a weekly quarterback carousel over the last uh, couple of months, really, San Diego State's been a model of consistency at QB. Ryan Agnew had taken every passing snap until this week. An injury will have uh, him avail- uh, available only, Rocky Long says, as an emergency third quarterback. Redshirt freshman Carson Baker will be taking his first snaps of the season here tonight. Riley, when you hear that, what are you, and most importantly, uh, what do you think the BYU coaches and players should be thinking about how to approach tonight's game? I think they're thinking that they need to be on alert. In the fact, it would be a different story if Ryan Agnew were had this offense humming and they were scoring 25, 30 points a game and he was, you know, throwing for 250-plus and multiple touchdowns. But that wasn't the case. The This San Diego State offense was extremely pedestrian. So even though we find ourselves in the 12th game of the regular season, it's still an opportunity to breathe uh, some new life into this San Diego State offense. So as a defense, you got to be on edge expecting that they're going to do something different, especially because Baker has a different skill set. Now, he did play at Helix High School, as you alluded to, earlier Greg which means he's played in big games uh, at least at the high school level so I don't think the spotlight will be too big for him but they got to be they got to be on it they got to be on alert because San Diego State might come out and try to do something new with a new player um, as opposed to what BYU has seen through 11 games on film and let's think back a little bit maybe to what Boise State might have been thinking knowing that it was a redshirt freshman in uh, Baylor Romney getting his first start uh, against the ranked Broncos and that now is still the Broncos only loss of the year Exactly, and we saw there, we saw trick plays, we saw a lot of quick game passing. I think Baylor exceeded expectation in his ability to execute that. Now on the other side of the ball in that game, BYU was facing Cord for the first time, the backup quarterback at the time for Boise State, and were able to handle him. He was one who was supposedly different from Bachmeyer. He was able to run around a little bit more, whereas Bachmeyer was a traditional pocket guy. Similar to the differences that we expect to see here with San Diego State tonight, BYU weathered that storm obviously extremely well against Boise State and was able to come out with the victory and hopefully that's the goal here tonight. Let's now bring in our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And, Mitch, uh, the last time BYU won six games in a row within a single season was back in 2008. A win tonight would give BYU six wins in a row after slumping to two and four earlier in the year. Uh, what to you uh, has kind of defined the Cougars' current run uh, of five straight, hopefully six in a, in a row tonight? Yeah, the best word I can I can use to describe this run is aggression. Uh, you know, to win football games, you need to play with aggression. The more passive a player or team is in their approach, it, it displays a perception of weakness. Um, you know that the opposing player or team can pick up on and and exploit. Uh, after the Toledo and USF loss, this team had a true gut check and defining moment to find out who was on board to rebound the season and who wasn't. Um, you know, and since then, we've seen players play with a sense of purpose that, that we hadn't seen before, and a lot of that was tied to their, aggress- their aggressive mindsets. Um, now, now, when I do say aggression, I don't just mean for the players, but the way these coaches have called plays and adjusted their schemes on both sides of the ball has, have also displayed a lot of aggression. Um, the offensive coaches have thrown in wrinkles with trick plays and really picked up the speed on scoring drives. Um, it's, it's kind of been a pedal-to-the-metal game plan, and we've seen the same thing on defense. You know, I want to see the aggression continue tonight, and if it does, I think the Cougs should be in great position to keep that streak going. 
Mitch, good stuff. Thank you so much. Riley Nelson's keys to tonight's game. The coin toss and the opening kickoff are just coming up around the bend. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.